I am Tim Pachote, the Liberty Advisor. I'm a certified financial planner with Innovative Advisory Group. Uh, I've helped pioneer things like putting actual crypto into IRAs, other strategies where people made uh, you know, a lot of money off of, of Bitcoin or crypto, different trust strategies to legally avoid taxes for doing so. And speaking at Anarchapoco, I ended up losing my job, uh, six-figure residual income at the age of 30. And so the system really did come after me. But today we're going to talk about the CBDCs and the coming digital dictatorship, what you can do to save yourself and your family. Now, unfortunately, I am, since I am a financial advisor, uh, I've got to give a little disclaimer that basically says this is all for informational purposes only in case there's any feds in the crowd. Uh, but what is a CBDC? It's funny, this, I found a picture of a girl that sort of looks like Aaron wondering what's going on. But uh, a CBDC is a central bank digital currency. So think of it as a Bitcoin-like dollar where the Fed controls everything. So instead of having a system like Bitcoin where you have 21 million and it's hard encoded into the code, you have the Federal Reserve System where they track, trace, control, serve value, and then at any whim can just you know, 10x the supply of money. Uh, you know, they can just overnight just massively devalue your money. And this is where the system is going, and we are on a collision course with this imminently. Next slide. So today is May Day. It's like a big uh, sort of communist type day. It was also the day that 89 years ago the FDR came and, that, and basically confiscated everyone's gold. And, but he's a big liberal hero, so you know, it's okay that uh, you know, the big liberal hero was the one that put uh, Japanese in internment camps, Italians in internment camps. Also, he's also, and this wasn't, I'm just kind of ad-libbing this part, but he also put a guy named Hugo Black, who was part of the KKK on the Supreme Court. Not a lot of people know that, so anyways, that's a little ad-libbing on that one. But the evils of debt-based currency. So what people need to understand and why the system is so evil is that essentially you have to understand what is money versus what is currency. And right now we have a system where let's pretend that we're all on an island. Let's say, say there's three people stranded on an island. Or God help me, let's say I'm on an island with Josh Seegerson back there and he says, Tim, I need $100 to go buy camera equipment. And I go, okay, Josh, we'll have a one-year loan, 3% interest. And so, okay, so the end of year one, he would owe me $103. So as unfortunately, so, so Josh, you don't actually have the short stick on this because I'm the banker so, in, in this equation. So you know, we're both ribbing each other on this. So as the banker. Okay, well, we're making up our own island. I'm bad at math. I went to public school, so who knows. But, but anyways, imagine, so after year one, I would, Josh would owe me $103. But how many dollars were created on the island? A hundred. So how do you pay back $103 if you only had $100 to begin with? You don't. You have to borrow more money into ex existence. And it was that day when I figured this out. I was like, we are basically high-tech slaves. So there's no way to get out from underneath the system uh, when if you're in the fiat system because you are essentially walking around as a slave that doesn't... Now, I'm not talking about you guys out here, obviously. but. You're walking around as a slave that doesn't even know he's a slave, which is the best kind of slave is one that doesn't know he's a slave. And so in this system, there's no way to pay off the debt because money is debt. And if you used all of your money to pay off all the debt, there'd only be debt left. And then the whole system would then implode and, and then eventually you know, have to explode in some sort of hyperinflation. So either way, there's a hyperinflation coming. Whether or not we have a deflation, then it goes to inflation, or whether or not we just go straight inflation, it is definitely coming. Okay, so now at this point, I'm not stranded on an island with Josh anymore, but should you be skeptical of Bitcoin and crypto? And you know what? I was in incredibly skeptical of Bitcoin and crypto and probably cost myself 
tens of millions of dollars because I knew about Bitcoin when it was about 50 cents. And unfortunately, I was like, wait a minute, you've got a system where you can take basically money from one wallet, send it to another wallet, and they, they can track that address. I'm like, this sort of sounds like the mark of the beast to me. Again, this is like when it's like 50 cents and I had other stuff going on. I was running a business, doing triathlons. I mean, there wasn't like I was just, you know, focusing on Bitcoin all the time when it was 50 cents. But I also uncovered a connection to Bilderberg pretty early on to Bitcoin. Uh, the, now, the very first company I ever interviewed for was called AXA, A-X-A. The head of AXA is Henry DeCastries. Henry DeCastries, for I believe over 10 years, was the Bilderberg Steering Committee chairman. He was also the uh, head of AXA, and AXA gave, I believe it was $55 million to this company called Blockstream. And Blockstream, I think they raised $76 million, $55 million came from AXA, and AXA uh, basically, they funded Blockstream, and Blockstream is the company that basically controls all the Bitcoin core developers. And so there was sort of like a Bitcoin civil war that went on without getting into all the details in, in August of 2017. And you had one group that, that said, okay, what we need to do to, in order to make Bitcoin, you know, get to a point of mass adoption, because it didn't really matter that the block size was only one megabyte when nobody was using Bitcoin. But then we got to a point where there was more adoption and the network was getting congested, the fees were going through the roof. And so there was one camp that said, why don't we just make it, instead of one megabyte, why don't we just make it two megabytes? And then another camp that said, well, we should take some of, I'm not going to get technical here, but we should take some of the information here, move it over here, jumble it around, so then that way we can fit more information in there. Oh, and then at a later date, we're going to also make it two megabytes. Well, that group went out, and that's what's called Bitcoin Core, Bitcoin Today. The other one is what we would refer to as Bitcoin Cash. So, I mean, there actually is an argument that Bitcoin Cash is actually more like Bitcoin than actually Bitcoin, but this is not investment perspective at all, just stating like how things actually went on if you knew the inside baseball of what was going on. But the group that was pushing for the other one actually was Blockstream because this is all about problem reaction solution where they deliberately fucked up Bitcoin. So then that way they'd come in with the solution, which is something called the Lightning Network, where, you know, without getting like into all the technicals, but eventually the Lightning Network is going for people that aren't technically proficient is going to become the banks where you're not going to be able to custody your own crypto. And that's one of the gotchas. And so if you are in Bitcoin the right way, you self-custody, you have the keys, uh, you're doing things the smart way. You know, it is a way where you're going to have unconfiscatable money, but you know, our grandparents and other people out there, they don't necessarily know this stuff. And speaking of grandparents, Derek Bros sounds like he has awesome grandparents. And I have awesome grandparents, except for when I told them in 2010 or 11, and I gave my grandfather the book, uh, Creature from Jekyll Island. He's like, you better not tell one fucking person about this book or else everyone's going to think you're crazy and no one's ever going to want to work with you. And now basically it's like the minimum job, I know, application requirement of somebody coming on board to work with me is that they have to know about that book pretty much. So unfortunately, my grandparents were not as uh, supportive of this back in the day. So, and Derek Rose also talked about this, and I believe John Bush talked about this as well. The CBDCs and the Great Reset. On the right, we have you will own nothing and you'll be happy. And then on, well, I guess your right would be uh, Klaus Schwab dressed up as Dr. Evil. That one's obviously, that one's obviously Photoshopped. Next, next slide, please. So Klaus Schwab also authored a book that I believe came out either May or June of 2020 called COVID-19, The Great Reset. And there were a lot of clues in that book in terms of what they're planning on doing. Uh, so if you go to page 72 and 75 of the book, uh, next slide, please. What you'll see is that, you know, they refer to, now this is actually called, this subsection of the book is called the fate of the U.S. dollar. So it's not like they're really mincing words and what they are planning on doing. They describe it as an exorbitant pr privilege to have the U.S. be the uh, basically global reserve. 
and essentially says, you know, for quite some time, some analysts and policymakers have been considering a possible and progressive end to the dominance of the dollar. They now think the pandemic might be the catalyst that proves them right. In their mind, unsustainable levels of debt will eventually erode confidence in the U.S. dollar. And some skeptics emphasize that the willingness of the U.S. administration to weaponize the U.S. dollar for geopolitical purposes, like punishing countries and companies that trade with Iran or North Korea, will inevitably incentivize dollar holders to look for alternatives. And just think, since I put this slide together a month ago, all the weaponization that's just occurred in the past week, let alone uh, the, when this book was written, I mean, obviously it was probably ready to roll by the time COVID-19 was out because Klaus Schwab had, you know, his buddies at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, World Economic Forum, and Bill and Bill, uh, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation had Event 201, whole another subject. But as for a global virtual currency, there is none in sight yet. But there, again, this is two years, there's a lot in sight right now. There are many attempts to launch national digital currencies that may even eventually dethrone the U.S. dollar supremacy. The most significant one took place in China at the end of April 2020 with a test of national digital currency in four large cities. The country is years ahead of the rest of the world in developing digital currency. Next slide, please. And not only, so these four cities that they rolled this out in, they were giving people, I believe it was $30, and the opportunity to be in the laundry to win free fucking laundry is what got like millions of people to sign up for this. So. $30 and a lottery for free laundry is all the chicken feed it took for all the slaves over there in China to get onto the system. So, you know, we don't even need to buy people off for very much. Okay, I'll give you free laundry. Oh yeah, that sounds like a good enough trade to, you know, completely fuck my kids and grandchildren in the future. But yeah, go ahead. The United States must maintain an economy that inspires global credibility and confidence. Failure to do so over time will put the US dollar position in peril. That's uh, Hank Paulson, former US Treasury Secretary, also former Goldman Sachs. Question and doubts about the future of status of the dollar as a global currency reserve are an apt reminder that economies do not exist in isolation. Next slide, please. So how close are we? So here we have uh, a Forbes article that is from March 23rd, 2020. Coronavirus stimulus offered by House Financial Services Committee creates a new digital dollar. So we're talking like not even a week after lockdowns. They're already, already continuing this. This was called the Banking for All Act. And again, this was on March 23rd, 2020. Next slide, please. And uh, different subsections of this bill are authority and mandate for member banks to maintain pass-through digital dollar wallets. Section four, authority for non-member banks and credit unions to offer pass-through digital dollar wallets. Authority and mandate for Federal Reserve banks to maintain digital dollar wallets for the general public. And, but you know, don't worry, it's inclusive. It's all about, you know, helping out black people or helping out transgenders, but it's gonna be a very inclusive slavery you're in, so no one has anything to worry about. And that was June 11th. 2020. Uh, again, next next slide, please. Now, the CARES Act. Everybody remembers like the free 1,200 bucks the government was given out in uh, like May, June 2020. What a lot of people don't realize is that the very first text of that bill, the Maxine Waters draft of that bill, actually called for that 1,200 to be given out in uh, essentially a, uh, a Federal Reserve dollar, in Fed bucks. And so, not a lot of people know about that. Unfortunately. Uh, you know, I was the only one bitching about it last year on a, on a field to you guys, and so there wasn't enough people bitching about it, so now they're going through and trying to go forward with this. But that was a, obviously a trial balloon for what's going on. Now, last May, I actually owned the cover of the one on, uh, on your left. So this is The Economist magazine. Economist magazine is also owned by the Rothschild family. And what we have on the, the one on the right was actually 33 years ago, 33 weeks from the one on the left. And so you see a phoenix rising out of the ashes of dead currencies, what looks like could be like some sort of Bitcoin dollar 
coming out of that saying, get ready for a world currency. Again, this is like the Rothschild-owned publication. Then the one on the left was from last May. And actually, since I own the one, uh, I own the one that's on the left, uh, I think the one that I screenshotted on here actually isn't the right one. It, it is the main thing, but on the upper right, mine has something about gun control on it too. So maybe they've took the gun control out one for this one. But anyways, The Economist magazine is telling you exactly what's going on and how would these guys predict it 33 years ago in terms of what's going on. Thanks. Now, what everybody remembers about, uh, I don't know, what was it ago? Like a couple weeks ago when Will Smith had that fake bitch slap to Kevin Hart. Uh, what was also going on at the same time was something called the World Government Summit that you can find at worldgovernmentsummit.com. And uh, next slide, please. And so as part of the World Government Summit, now this lady, Pippa Melgram, her dad was part of the Nixon administration or Nixon regime that helped get rid of the US dollar um, back in 1971. Unfortunately, I have the same birthday actually as Nixon. And actually the day Bitcoin was, re was released, and code was also the same day as well. So it's kind of funny that all this kind of go comes around full circle. But Pippa Melgram, actually the name of her title, uh, the name of this panel was called, Are You Ready for the New World Order? And the person that spoke right before her was Klaus Schwab, who gave like a five minute address. So, I mean, I gotta really give them credit, like game, recognize a game over here, that this, this trolling job is absolutely amazing. I mean, yeah, the worldgovernmentsummit.com, one of the first speeches is by Klaus Schwab, and then the next panel is called, Are You Ready for a New World Order? I mean, I really have to give them to him, because it's like if you tried telling that to some normie, I mean, they probably wouldn't even believe you. It's just it's like so far out there. But, I'm uh, oh, sorry, I should go, I, uh, so we are on the brink of dramatic change. We are about to abandon the traditional system of money and replace it with a new one, digital blockchain CBDC, which will give us greater clarity over every single transaction. And actually, since I made these slides a month ago, I actually had to go back and add this one in there. So, I mean, it's just, and there's a, probably a lot that I'm missing because so much is happening like every single day in terms of where we are. So here we are, worldgovernmentsummit.com. Uh, you can see, are we ready for a new world order? The guy that's heading the panel is the chief uh, executive officer of the Atlanta Council. Obviously, we've got a, lo a lot of other global uh, scumbags up there. Next slide, please. Now, the Atlanta Council. I was like, oh, that's interesting, because the Atlanta Councils are the ones who have a CBDC tracker website where they're the ones outlining where the different currencies are in relation to getting this technocracy implemented. So we, there's 91 different currency blocks. So like the EU would be one currency block, for instance. Obviously, there's many countries in the EU. So it basically covers the entire world. And all but nine countries uh, basically are in some sort of stage of either launch. Nine have already launched, 15 are in pilot, 16 are in development, 40 are in research. And this is a little bit, little bit dated, so they're probably actually even further along than this. But this is the guy who's on the pan leading the panel uh, for are you ready for a new world order at World Government Summit. So you can't even really make this stuff up. This is from the Wall Street Journal. China, China, env China envisions its digital currency future with lotteries and a year's worth of laundry. I probably should have had that slide for the other, uh, the other rant I had earlier on. Now, the Digital Dollar Project, Digital Dollar Foundation, uh, my buddy John Snice and I did a video on this in May 2020 when it came out. The company Accenture uh, is kind of the main one behind this, and essentially they're trying to you know, roll out these CBDCs all across the globe. And so there is you know, a Digital Dollar Project Foundation where these companies get to make you know, tax-deductible uh, you know, donations to then uh, you know, basically help further enslave us. So you know, these guys are pretty smart. I mean, they're able to you know, get tax breaks while trying to screw us at the same time. And so part of what I'm doing with, with Bitcoin and different trust structures is sort of taking that information and helping set up uh, basically trust for different individuals uh, who you know, were successful in crypto and then basically using their tools but to help free humanity as opposed to helping enslave humanity. And uh, 
I'll give a quick plug. If you guys want to go to thelibertyadvisorshow.com, that's where I've got all the episodes for all this different stuff, and then you can find all the other places that I'm at. Obviously not on any of the mainstream stuff. I got off there long ago. Now, this is a paper from the Federal Reserve on the federalreserve.gov website called Money and Payments, the U.S. Dollar in the Age of Digital Transformation. Just came out in January 2022. I did a show on this as well with Ernest Hancock. It's a 40, it doesn't take very long to read it. It's a very big font in here. And uh, essentially, it's the Federal Reserve trying to say, like, oh, we're not definitely going to come out with this. And don't, don't necessarily think that this is a done deal. So if the government's telling you, oh, this is not a done deal, we're not going to do it, it means they're definitely going to do it. So, I mean, you always got to do the opposite of what they're going to say. Now, this was a executive order from uh, Joe Biden on March 9th, 2022, for ensuring responsible development of digital assets. And then if we go to the next slide, we see the uh, National Economic Council on the same day also came out with a uh, new digital asset executive order as well. Again, this is like a month ago. Then we've got Janet Yellen, who's the former, uh, I don't even like looking, looking at her. Uh, you've got, you got Janet Yellen as, uh, I mean, I may have, may have make a joke. You guys, I mean, I'm not an Elon Musk fan, but he did tweet out that thing where it was like Bill Gates pregnant and said boner killer. I mean, that, could, might, that might also be the boner killer. That was an impromptu joke on there that wasn't planning on having that. But Janet Yellen can help deliver the digital dollar. So she is the current uh, US Treasury Secretary also. Um, and I think she had a quote, like, I don't know, it's like maybe like, maybe probably Josh does, like 2016 or 2017, where she's like, oh, there's, I can't ever foresee another US a recession in my lifetime. Uh, I mean, it's just, but and then, so that ends up, you know, giving her, you know, the ability to then control the money for everybody. So, uh, so then if we go over to her Senate testimony uh, on January 21st, 2021, uh, what we see is, uh, you know, they ask her about a digital dollar. And basically she says, you know, I look forward to working with other federal banking and security agencies, the Federal Reserve and Congress in developing and implementing such frameworks. So, I mean, the Treasury's on board with it, the Fed's on board with it, all the top, all the top globalists. Ah, another, another boner code up there is, this guy is Augustin Karstens. So he is the head of the Bank of International Settlements. Does that, so who, can anyone raise their hand if they know what the Bank of International Settlements is? Okay. For even for this crowd, a very woke, awake crowd, woke in the good sense of the term. Very few, few of you know what it is. So the Bank of International Settlements is the central bank of central banks. There's a book on it called Tower of Basel. It's located in Basel, except it's its own country, just like the Vatican. So, or I guess now like Disney World, so, or what it used to be. So it's its own country, so there's no jurisdiction over it. This guy's ahead of it. He's like a 700-pound Mexican. And... And it's funny because about a week ago, they had a global food crisis summit with all the top central bankers. I'm like, you're going to be at a global food crisis summit like you're 700 pounds. Why don't you quit eating food and maybe some of the inflation will go down. But, but anyways, I just, th this guy, and so one of his quotes, I didn't want to use video in here because, you know, it's always, you know, janky if you're trying to use a video on these. But the quote was, we don't know who's using a $100 bill today and we don't know who's using a 1,000 peso bill today. The key difference with the CBDC is the central bank will have absolute control on the rules and regulations that will determine the use of that expression of central bank liability and will also have the technology to enforce that. Technology to enforce it means they have the ability to shut you down and then stop the transaction going from one person to another and cut you off from the fucking system. That's the lamest term version of it. And if you're offended that I say fuck, you should be more offended that you're getting fucked than the fact that I said that. So, uh, anyways, our friend Kill Gates, he has a, um, Microsoft had a, had a patent, which was, you know, 060606, 
where they, they basically want to put like nanotech inside of you and for doing like little tasks that are going to reward you with cryptocurrency. And I'm sure it's just a coincidence that it was, you know, patent 060606 from our good friend Kill Gates. Next slide, please. Uh, digital dictatorships. Now, everyone knows this guy, Klaus Schwab. So some of the, you know, technocratic, uh, you know, quotes we have over here is even crossing a national border might one day involve a detailed brain scan to assess an individual security risk. So, I mean, for every, all the Elon Musk fanboys out there, I mean, who's the main person developing the uh, Neuralink and trying to, you know, read people's mind would be Elon Musk. So, of course, you've got to come out if you're Elon Musk as, like, a nice guy, so everybody likes you, and be a free speech absolutist, even though you previously got other people kicked off Twitter anyway, so that's not what the speech is about. Fourth Industrial Revolution technologies will not stop at becoming part of the physical world around us. They will become part of us. So, Fourth Industrial Revolution technology basically means, like, you know, transhumanism type stuff. And today's external devices from wearable computers to virtual reality headsets will almost certainly become implantable in our bodies and brains. So good old Klaus Schwab, this is his top minion, one of his top minions, uh, Yuval Harari. Uh, and, this is, and these slides actually come from his speech at Davos. Uh, next, next one, please. Uh, so I've been calling this a digital dictatorship. Some other people out there in alternative media have been calling this a digital di dictatorship. And this is his actual slide. His actual slide in here says, it's probably hard to see, but it says, digital dictatorship risk ahead. This is his slide, not mine. And I was already using that term, and I only found this out a couple weeks ago. I'm like, oh my god, the motherfucker is using the exact same term, digital dictatorship. Uh, and that's part of the vestigial magic where they need to tell you what they're doing ahead of time. It's got reset in it. Yeah, and, oh wait, it's, it's got... Oh, ignore or reset is in there as well. But alongside inequality, the other major danger we face is the rise of digital dictatorships that will monitor everyone all the time. And this is, you know, not, not hard to predict when you're the one that's helping implement this. Now, again, this is also from his slide at Davos. says, biological knowledge multiplied by computing power multiplied by data equals the ability to hack humans. Ah, this is, again, from his slide, not inferencing any of this stuff. And then on... Uh, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Fareed, Z I think it was either Sanjay Gupta or Fareed Zakaria, one of those two guys. They asked him, oh, what, what's like your favorite author? And he gave a three-minute thing talking about how Yuval Harari Sapiens is his favorite book. So, I mean, it's just, so this is also Obama's favorite book as well, which is, you know, kind of crazy. Uh, next slide. Let's get Dr Brock Jerome off of there. But the, now, I don't know, I kind of came up with this quote, so I don't know if it makes me egotistical to put like a quote that I just made up, but the public's understanding of blockchain will determine if society is either set free or is captured in a technocratic digital dictatorship. Next, please, next slide, please. And so this is a warning to everybody. Today is May Day. Today is May 1st. And this is a major warning, a major May Day to every single person out there that if this is actually implemented, it maybe won't affect us because really the solutions are everything that John Bush and Derek Rose have been talking about and exiting and building and doing your own system. So luckily, uh, you know, you, you guys all sat through Derek Rose and John Bush, what they were talking about, which is which are the solutions. So it's not going to affect necessarily those people, but it's going to, I, mean, I, don't, mean, I don't mean those people, sorry, but it's going to affect basically 99% of the world out there, and it's even going to affect those people as well because we have loved ones who aren't, you know, buying into the system and people who are getting jabbed. And so, yeah, every, and, and really when it comes to understanding blockchain technology, it's a lot like understanding a gun, that you can use a gun to go offensively kill somebody or you can use a gun to defend yourself. And so blockchain can be used as the most freeing thing for humanity or it can be used as a thing that absolutely is used to enslave us. So that's what I didn't understand in 2010 when I discovered Bitcoin is I only understood the fact that this sounded like a mark of the beast system. 
So what they're doing is, I think they wanted to go out there and make Bitcoin kind of sexy, make it cool, make it be sort of like an anti-establishment thing to get draw in a lot of us, get a lot of the tech geek nerds out there developing software, like you know, like Colin Cantrell, like WizKid from Nexus. And they got all these people developing this software and putting out like different freeware and, and different and coming up with the infrastructure of this. And then they're just gonna and the bad guys are gonna be like, okay, well, thanks for developing this for us. And now we're gonna take you know the best parts of the system and then use it in a central big digital currency where they're gonna track, trace, control, surveil everything you do. And what I gave a rant on 13 months ago was basically we're gonna be in a system where they're gonna have social credit scores that are gonna be tied into universal basic income. And they're going to essentially try to make everybody so poor that they're going to have to opt into the system. And, and, and this was all, if you go back to the creator of the Federal Reserve System, it's James Warburg. He was the, bless you, James Warburg was the one who said, was the one who, in the play Annie, like he was Daddy Warbucks, and he uh, said, we shall have a one world government. It's only a matter of us through consent or conquest. And so you don't want to, you know, they, they realized things like World War One, and World War Two, and beating someone over the head and putting a gun in their face and you know just think about all the regime change that's gone on they realize that doesn't work that the best way to get people to buy into the system is for them to want it and beg for it and so they're going to either make everyone broke or make everybody poor get them to opt into the system themselves for help uh, and obviously the government's never there to help you uh, i think it was harry brown that said the government's there to break your legs and then give you a wheelchair or something like that and another theory i have another way how they're going to do this is there is something I know it is interest rate risk is that when the value of the, and I don't really recommend anybody is in bonds at all, but if you are in a bond, which is the bond market is actually way bigger than the stock market, but if it sort of works like a teeter totter, so as interest rates go up, the underlying values of the bonds go down. And so let's say you have a 10 year bond, it's worth, say, a million dollar 10 year duration bond, and rates go up 1%, your underlying value would go down by 10. So your million bucks would turn into 900,000, but don't worry, you're getting like, you know, basically no interest off it. And so if you have a, a uh, 20-year bond and rates go up 1%, the underlying value would go down by 20. Rates go up 2%, the underlying value would go down by 40%. I'm not talking crazy, crazy stuff here. I'm talking if the rates go up 1% or 2%, which current bondholders already have gotten slack. I don't have the slide in here, but uh, as of like a month ago, the worst, so this is not this is current as of about March 24th, but the worst performing asset up until then actually were government bonds. Uh, so everyone that wanted to be safe, you know, safely, you know, was losing money on that. And so what I think is what they could be doing is for all the, you know, retirees and bondholders and pension holders who are in these funds, uh, that when the rates do rise, they're going to get absolutely shellacked, and then they're going to come in to help with the uh, central bank digital currency. And you know, there's many, I don't want to give them any ideas on what to do because you know I'm sure there's other 200 IQ people out there trying to figure this out for themselves. Uh, next slide, please. So here we have, you know, end of the petrodollar. Saudi Arabia considers accepting yuan instead of dollars for uh, Chinese oil sales. Next slide, please. Uh, Russia considering selling its oil and gas for Bitcoin as sanctions intensify, intensify from the West. I mean, just imagine like that headline like five or six years ago that Russia could accept potentially Bitcoin for their oil. I mean, nobody would have thought that. I didn't even think that. Uh, next slide, please. Uh, India is snapping up cheap Russian oil and China could be next. Next slide, please. There's approximately, we're talking about 3 billion people, and I don't really trust like the numbers, oh, there's this many billion people in this country, whatever. But anyways, it's about half of the world, Russia, India, and China are, you know, are options on the table to accept the yuan. So, I mean, that's pretty crazy. Uh, next slide, please. But ultimately, the solutions here, because we don't want to just drone on about 
uh, you know, just make it one big complaint fest. You got to have, you know, it's different solutions here. And I guess the quick notes, quick note version of it, it was everything that Derek Rose and John Bush talk about all the time and having freedom cells and communities. But you have to have assets that are unconfiscatable. You have to have assets where they just can't come in and take everything. Thanks for playing. And so, like I mentioned before, with Bitcoin and with crypto, there's ways to do Bitcoin where, you know, essentially the bank or something like Coinbase, they're the ones that hold your keys at any point. I mean, just ask people, I think people in Russia have their Coinbase accounts taken. I mean, just ask, uh, you know, lots of different major institutions of people trying to accept money from different places and getting shut down. And so you ultimately have to control your keys. You have to, and what I mean by, by keys are when you, and, and a lot of you probably already know this, but when you go, there's different hardware wallets and, and what you can do is, and you don't have to use a hardware wallet, but there's ways where essentially you get like 18 to 24 words, and then those words can then recreate your account anywhere. But there's other ways of doing it where you let like Coinbase, you let you know some other bank hold on to your Bitcoin. And then in that case, you don't control your money and they can just take it at any time. And so obviously that's not the way to go about doing that. And then, you know, ultimately one of the ways you're gonna to try to control people is not only through the money, but it's always gonna come down to a food thing. So my good friend Ernest Hancock, who was here before, then he saw, oh man, it's only Tim speaking here, so I'm gonna leave. But, uh, so I gave him a plug and he's not even here, but what a jerk. But anyways, I love Ernie. But, uh, you know, it's always gonna come down to a food thing. And so, you know, just look at where we're at right now where, you know, even Joe Biden's out there talking about, you know, how there's gonna be impending food crises and shortages, and even if there isn't, uh, you know, all the food is all crap, it's all GMO, it's all poison, it's all meant to dummy down, make people fat, you know, you know, you are what you eat. So you're eating like crap, you're gonna feel like crap, you're gonna look like crap, and so ultimately that's where things are going. So you need to make sure that you're in a spot to be able to have food independence because, you know, it's, it doesn't take very long for things to break down to like road warrior or something. Now, another thing the globalists have been, uh, have been talking about is, uh, is you know an upcoming cyber attack so it was was klaus schwab i'm just paraphrasing here but he said something along the lines of it's like oh this co current COVID 19 is going to seem like a minor disturbance compared to the coming global cyber pandemic and so they're calling it a cyber pandemic i think it was in july they had operation cyber polygon where they're going through and wargaming this uh, a lot of the central banks were actually also wargaming back in december uh, about what you know how what would happen to the financial system if the system goes down so they and then now you see all the propaganda out there in terms of oh russia is going to have a cyber attack watch out for russia 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 is going to have a cyber attack and we know if there is a cyber attack we know the criminals in our government are going to be the ones behind it probably not the russians not to say that the russians are good guys either but anyways because of that that's why precious metals is also important as well i like bitcoin better than precious metals but in the event of a cyber attack Obviously, the precious metals or having food, uh, you know, is going to be more important. Having land, being away from, you know, all the rest of the sheep out there is going to be important as well. Uh, next slide, please. I already, already got into self-custody crypto, kind of jumped the gun on that one. And then, you know, finally with privacy coins. So, you know, a lot of you in this audience are probably very well aware of things like Monero and things like Pirate Chain and things like, you know, Josh is a big fan of Epic Cash. But, you know, there's a lot of different uh, privacy coins out there. But essentially what that means is... It's crypto that can't be tracked, traced, or surveilled. So if I send Bitcoin to you, they would know that this address sent X amount of Bitcoin and X amount of Bitcoin was received by your address. Whereas, and then through the AI and through the average person not being careful enough, they're then going to be able to detect who you are. There's companies like Dark Data Services that have been doing this for a very long time already. And so anyone that's taking their money off of Coinbase and then putting it onto their wallet, I mean, they're, you're not being super secretive. I mean, they know who you are, they're able to then, you know, detect that stuff. But something like Monero, they, they don't know if I send, and again, 
not financial advice, do your own information on this, do your own research, but something like Monero, uh, if I go and send crypto over to you, they're not necessarily going to know, they're not going to know where the, where the crypto went. And that's the same thing with Pirate Chain, same thing with, there's lots of other ones out there. You can do your own research on these. But again, I'm Tim Pichot, The Liberty Advisor. You guys can find me at thelibertyadvisorshow.com. I'm also a financial advisor that's trying to help you know, the people like us you know, escape the system. And then also, you know, obviously there are people who I'm not necessarily advocating they go out and get IRAs or 401ks, but it's a fact of life that a lot of people already have that. And so I've got ways where you can get crypto, in, actual crypto into IRAs, 401ks, actual gold into IRAs, 401ks, consultations on people who made a lot of money on crypto, then for more like, uh, and basically all my clients are people like, like us and I deliberately uh, have like a lot of offensive things on my kind of questionnaire intake form that would scare away people that aren't like us to kind of save time for myself. And so you can also book, book appointments there. I do videos with Josh Seekerson for World Alternative Media. Uh, and you can find us on, I mean basically you can find, find us pretty much everywhere, but you go to, it's probably easier to list places you wouldn't find us on, but you can go to, yeah, YouTube, go to YouTube to find us. No, we're not, no, we're not, not on YouTube. And, okay. And uh, so <clears throat> thelibertyadvisorshow.com for all the different propaganda I put out there. I've been putting out there for a long time. A lot of it's, you know, financial type stuff. And uh, anyways, I appreciate everyone's audience today. Maybe you guys wanted to hear me. Maybe you just wanted to get a little break from the sun. But either way, I appreciate it. And uh, thank you guys very much. Okay. Wow, that was awesome. Of course they wanted to hear you. Okay. What are you yeah. talking about?